Hey guys, it is your host, Jason Coral. Welcome back. Whatsoever is true, we'd like to jump right into it. Uh, please do check out the blog, whatsoeveristrue.com. I do that blog and I do this podcast and everything else that I'm doing because it's my passion to help Christians live you know, Christian lives and, and lives conform to the principles of the word of the Lord and to change our minds and renew our minds. And we do that by applying the principles of scripture, those holy principles, and applying them to every area of our life. So technically, my job here is to try and get you to change your mind from the principles of the flesh to the principles of the spirit. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody do that because it's it's been, you know, a, <clears throat> a great treasure in my life to continue to learn more and more and more about how, as Abraham Kuyper said, there's not a single category, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here now, over life and in life over which the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't say, mine. And when we really get the, the sovereignty of God and stop ceding ground in our personal lives, in our minds, to the state or to the flesh or whatever it might be, to the principles of sin and humanism, our lives are changed, are radically changed. Everything improves. And that's the life of faith. The life of faith isn't a life of mysticism. It's a life of walking in the Spirit and letting Him lead us. And we do that by conforming our lives to the word of the Lord, not the world. So that said, let's take a look at Russia, war with Russia. Uh, should we go to war with Russia? How do we think about it? And, uh, and obviously, I'm an American, so um, I'm here. And by the time you you hear this, maybe maybe we're, maybe Russia's already invaded Ukraine. Maybe uh, this 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 situation's kind of played out a little bit, or maybe it's petered out. Hope the Lord it does, because we always pray for peace. So what are we doing this for? I'm not ever talking about politics for the sake of it. I'm not doing that. I'm talking about politics here and the state to help us understand the world through the lens of Scripture. And like I said, that's the goal of Christian living. Uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. Remember how, the, how Paul always says that we're, we're like in Christ at Ephesus or at Corinth or, you know, at Rome. In other words, we're, we may be living in a certain place, but we are in Christ. That's our true residency is as kingdom citizens. And as any good ambassador, an ambassador, let's say an ambassador for Russia is in the United States, he will follow the laws of the United States as a good ambassador should, but he's not a citizen of the United States. And so I know that's a tough subject to get into, but I'm going to approach this as an, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at America. I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ. So, what does the scripture say about President Biden, the administration, and a lot of tough talk about Russia maybe invading Ukraine? Um, number one, blessed be the peacemakers. So, <laughs> we should be praying for peace. Not clearly a war is, is a terrible idea. Uh, in, in, in any case, it, it never, man's wars are always you know, regrettable. There's a lot of collateral damage, and we should never take that lightly, and we should pray for peace. Uh, number two, the Lord has established all authorities. So the civil magistrate and the states, and no matter what form they have, the Russian Federation or you know the American Republic, and uh, no matter what they are, all are under the Lord, as whether it's a monarchy or what have you. The principles of the state are clearly articulated in Romans 13. Now, to understand that, we have to see that, that Romans 1 defines what happens to man in sin in, in the very first chapter, that we refuse to acknowledge our creator. We refuse to thank him 
and worship him as we should. And that's Romans 1, 18 you know, through 23. And what we do is, in a way, we exchange the truth about God for a lie because what can be known about God is plain to us because of creation. God's divine nature and eternal power are clearly perceived so we're without excuse. So all people should be seeking God and thanking God, glorifying God and, 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 and thanking him. And since we don't, we are suppressing the obvious. We're acting as if we're living in a world that's just uncreated and that we are the final arbiters of right and wrong. We are the ones who have to figure it out, you know? One of the craziest things you get that you tell kids is that there is no ultimate truth, but you have to find your own truth. I mean, that's a recipe for absolute just you're going to make everybody so depressed and 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 you see it play out i think we see it in our own lives when we see we keep acting according to those old principles so <clears throat> this is the same thing now president joe biden or or president uh, vladimir putin of russia uh no matter no matter who we're talking about these are civil rulers and these rulers have been established by god Jesus said this very thing to Pilate. He said, you would have no authority over me unless it was given to you from above. So we obey the civil magistrate, right, in the Lord, and uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. So, so we, you know, we pay our taxes. We drive, we drive appropriately. We, we obey the, the, the applicable laws. But no authority gets the ability to define its own Limit the limits of his own power. In other words, Caesar can't define who's, what Caesar gets to do or Caesar's God. So as Christians, we've got to understand that. Um, so again, Romans 13 picks this up after Romans 1 defines what went wrong. You then get the gospel in Romans 3. You, we get the glory of we're saved by faith. And, and then we're told about all of the, what it means to be saved by faith and what it means to be in Christ. And then we get some just incredibly gr- good theology throughout the rest of Romans. And it comes all to this great uh, consummation, this great doxology in Romans 11.36. It says, you know, for from him and through him and to him are all things. And then Romans 12 that we, we now, therefore, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. You know, this is our spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that by testing, we might be able to, to discover and understand what is the will of the Lord. That's what we're doing here. Uh, so then it goes in Romans 12, and so it's giving us the practical advice. First, great doctrine, then practical advice. We don't want to reverse that and start going into, well, let's get into practical stuff. I don't have time for theology. Well, frankly, friend, that was your theology, and it was a bad one. Real theology gives us practical guidance. We can't flip the script, okay? So we get something interesting in Romans 12 where it says, if at all possible, so far, so long as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. I know, and it's a personal relationships. Now, clearly, don't avenge yourself. Clearly, this means that I can defend myself. Or well, the scripture would have said otherwise. So, for example, if a man tries to sexually assault a woman, can she use violence to defend herself? Of course she can. Or you're positing a horrific, horrific thing. You're saying that a woman defending herself against a rape is worse than a rape. That's preposterous. Or a person defending themselves against a murder is morally worse than murder. That turns all of Scripture on its head, and it just, again, is a, is a monstrous ethic. So 
says that. So we should be, we should love our enemies. We should pray for those who persecute us, right? Jesus said as much in the Sermon on the Mount. So, well, wait a minute. What do you mean the wrath of God, um, vengeance is, is mine, says the Lord? What does that mean? Well, thankfully, we go right to Romans 13. And Romans 13 defines for us what that means. We're not to avenge ourselves. So Romans 1, or Romans 13, 1 says, Let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority, there are no authorities, except from God. And that's granted by his permission to sanction. Go right back to what Jesus said to Pilate. You would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. That was Pilate. He was talking to Rome. So those people say, oh, well, Jesus said, give to Caesar things that are Caesar and Caesar's and the things that God, um, to God, right? And people kind of stop there and they stop thinking. Don't do that. When Jesus said to Pilate, you'd have no authority over me, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the Lord of all things. Rome doesn't have any power outside of me, okay? So those things like pay your taxes. Uh, if you got a sales tax, pay your sales tax, right? Um, you know, drive the speed limit. Those are just laws, and we're, we're going to define it a bit more. So, and those, okay, so those that exist have been put into place by God. In other words, those authorities. Therefore, whoever resists these governmental authorities, that's what we're talking about, resists the ordinance of God. So, and those who have resisted will bring civil penalty. They'll bring judgment on themselves. For the civil authorities aren't a source of fear for people of, of you know, good behavior, but for those who do evil. Remember, who's, who gets to define evil? Well, it's not us. It's the Lord. So, do you want to be unafraid of authority? Then do what is good and receive his approval uh, and co- commendation. For he is God's servant. Again, he's God's servant. The civil authority is not his own power. He doesn't have his own authority. That's clear. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he doesn't carry the, the sword for nothing, in vain. In other words, the executioner's sword. In other words, the Lord gives this the sword or the right to force, right to retaliate, that's vengeance, to the civil magistrate. That's God's order for life. He is God's servant. Again, second time, we've got it right here. He is God's servant. He's not a moral free agent. The state can't do whatever it feels like doing. He's God's servant, an avenger who brings punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject to civil authorities, not only to escape the punishment that comes with wrongdoing, but also as a matter of principle, knowing what is right before God. Right? And then it says, for this very reason, you pay taxes, for civil authorities are God's servant. That's the third time in a short passage that the Lord has made very clear in his holy word that the civil magistrate is God's servant. That's his goal. Now, let's go back so people get confused in this. Romans 12 is telling us how to live a principled life in Scripture now as saved Christians. Romans 13 then presents what the civil magistrate is supposed to do. Some people get confused and say, oh, well, Paul was writing this during all the persecution of Rome with Nero and, and all of that. And that is true. <clears throat> but, but he was writing the fact that he was writing it in that era does not mean he was condoning that Roman kind of monarchy and, and, and despotism and tyranny. That's preposterous. That'd be like saying that uh, Paul was also condoning all of the other in- personal and interpersonal sins of Rome. This, these are the holy and eternal principles of God. So the civil magistrate cannot do anything outside of the will of the Lord with legitimacy. 
So now he says, pay, for this reason you're paying taxes. Pay to all what is due. So the taxes are to fund government to be God's avenger. Do you follow all that? The government's God's avenger. And, that, and so if you say, well, he's, the, the civil magistrate gets to do X. Well, what is X? Okay. Well, let's say he, he has to make society more fair. Well, how would he do that? Again, he's trying to define his role on his own terms. He goes outside of scripture and, you know, like a, like a mugger. A mugger comes up and, and, tries and, and takes your money because he has a use for your money that he thinks is legitimate and he doesn't recognize your property rights. So he's a criminal, right? Can you, can you bash him in the face to stop him from doing that? Of course you can. You can protect yourself and your property if you, know, if you, if you have the opportunity to do and the, and the means to do it. If, however, you're victimized, the civil magistrate can then avenge you. And they should. That's their call because God's justice is right there. He gets to use violence because God's given him this sword. If, however, let's say the government decides that you have too much money, they're going to give it to somebody else, but you haven't committed a crime, well, now the government becomes the mugger. The, the government is acting illegitimately. The government is sinning. So Christians should therefore understand that and tell the government, the civil magistrate, it needs to repent and turn back to its principle and turn back to its mandate. All of that said, I know it's a big run-up. Um, so therefore, the principle of civil, the civil government is as a self-defense arm of the people. God has ordained authorities, the civil magistrate in this case, with the executioner's sword, to be the self-defense arm of its citizens. So should Russia invade Ukraine if Ukraine has not attacked it? Absolutely not. That would be sin, and they should not do it. Now, but what's interesting is that over here on our side, the Biden administration has been has been very, very staunch in saying there'll be serious consequences for Russia and so forth and so on. And they're going to put these things, what uh, you know, whatever, uh, economic sanctions. And I'm, I'm uncertain as to how much damage that can do to Russia with at this point with economic sanctions, uh, especially since Europe needs so much of Russian gas right? To keep the lights on in Europe, they basically need Russian <laughs> Russian resources. So I, I don't think you can really go, go too far with that to the point where it would be very, very painful. Um, but anyway, but what's interesting is that President Biden, nor any of his, any in his administration, has bothered to say to the American people, we are your self-defense arm. The reason you need to be concerned about Ukraine, and we would consider using force or what have you against Russia, is because this, is in, <clears throat> this puts you in direct harm. We are your avenger. It's not that nobody's saying that, right? Isn't that funny? I mean, when you listen to the news, you read the news, nobody's saying that. Nobody's defining their role. They're just assuming they have this authority, you know? And, and as an American Christian, I, I hear that and go, what does, what does President Biden have to say about Russia maybe invading Ukraine? I mean, I, it'd be terrible and he should tell Russia to repent and so forth. And, uh, <clears throat> but he would need to be able to define, is this a direct uh, threat? to American citizens. I, I am a civil magistrate in America charged with defending and, and avenging wrong against my citizens here. And when it goes to Russia and Ukraine, I really, I really don't have a, a dog in that fight, so to speak. Um, that would be my answer to it. So what should America do? I mean, uh, well, outside of vengeance, it shouldn't do anything, frankly. There's no biblical mandate for President Biden or his administration to threaten 
a war with Russia over Russia invading another country. Would Russia be wrong for invading Ukraine without it being self-defense oriented? Right. Would Ukraine be justified in defending itself against Russia? Yes, it would, because it's self-defense. Would America and other nations be justified in maybe shipping arms or money so they can help protect themselves to Ukraine because Ukraine is defending itself? Sure, it would be. But at the same time, what, and here's the principle, what authority does President Biden have to take tax money to give it to another nation to defend itself? That would be a very good question. And that should be something that we should ask the people and then they could vote on directly or so forth. But in this case, watch the tyranny in this level. President Biden's administration is just assuming willy-nilly that it has that authority. But it doesn't have the authority to use taxes. I just told you from Romans 13 that uh, for this reason you pay taxes for his, for, because he's my avenger. In other words, President Biden needs to be told, hey, hey, bud, you're my avenger. The Lord, the Lord gave you this role. So you're his servant to act in my good in terms of my self-defense arm. Russia is not threatening me. You can't take my tax money and spend it and send it to the Ukrainians without my approval in that regard. That would be a, a democratic republic route, which is what the founding fathers were trying to <clears throat> establish. And I think they did a really good job considering the circumstances. That's another Another podcast for another day. Anyway, that's my that's our take on the Russian Ukrainian uh, <clears throat> American thing. A couple of other things that are that are you know, interesting in this is that, and the reason we should consider it is because when you get talking about war, um, the United States is a clearly arrogant nation, and we we look at our military as being this you know unbeatable force and so forth. And and I hope and pray that I never ever have to live through a case where uh, America, country I live in and love, has, has lost a war. I mean, it's just, that's just unthinkable, especially for world peace and so forth. But when you start to, to speak like this and some of the rhetoric that's being thrown around you and being kind of pugnacious and so forth, there's a chance that something, you know, gets started. And think about all of the wars in, in history. I'll give you a couple uh, U.S. Civil War. Both sides figured the, the Civil War in, in 1861 was going to be over pretty quick. I mean, in fact, in the first big battle, people came out from Washington and they came out for a picnic to watch it. They thought it was going to be a fun fight to watch. World War I, everybody figured it was going to be over by Christmas 1914. And we, I can go on and on and on with this. Hubris. Climate change, COVID-19, all that stuff. That's not the greatest problem in the world in the world that's not the greatest threat to safety and health pride is and a war with russia a u.s war with russia could easily spin out of control and i'm not trying to scare anybody i'm just saying that we should be careful and and it would not be something we just drop some bombs on some terrorists somewhere in the middle east and oh that's fine it's all over look how tough we are i mean this would be a significant problem and you're you're dealing with a very very Big issue: cyber warfare, uh, economic attacks, and and then clearly a country like Russia that has the ability to inflict damage on America and project power. We haven't had that. We haven't really had a battle with anybody that could really project any power over here since World War II. Now that's, that's longer than my lifetime, and longer than and I think most of the lifetimes of everybody listening. So I think there's a, a sense of uh, American pride in that. And I understand, you know, Ukraine has an economy about as big as Nebraska. So, you know, what, what Mr. 
Putin is thinking of doing and going after them. I don't know. I hope he doesn't invade. But I do think that we need to be considerate of the circumstances. If he, if he does invade, he's wrong. You shouldn't be invading a country. Uh, you don't have the authority to, in the Lord to just project force that way, only in self-defense. And we should preach to him and pray for peace. But at the same time, we need to be careful about thinking America should be just uh, threatening, threatening war or what have you, over a, 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 like I said, a country that, God bless everybody in Ukraine, however, does the Biden administration have the authority to to get into a battle that's not directly a self-defense battle for America? Uh, I would say biblically, certainly not. And, and and I think we need to have a more serious conversation. I'll use the, my favorite thing from the left. We have to have a conversation about this of you know, what, what are the parameters here and on what authority are you doing this? What, what the principle of self-defense and vengeance for its citizens, how are you relating that to us? Now, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm simply saying I haven't heard an argument for it. And it's just presumed that the government, the federal government can do whatever it wants without ever really consulting the people and just because they have the power. And that, that's a very dangerous precedent, and I think that uh, America should be warned, and we should repent, and we should grow in our understanding of what the civil message truly is. All right, that's enough for today. Hope you uh, were edified by this, by this exercise. As I said, I make these podcasts, I write these blogs, so that we see the world through the lens of Scripture, not through the lens of sin. We walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. And to do that, we take the principles of Scripture and apply them to the particulars of life and and go from there. And that's how we walk in faith. So faithfully, I do pray for peace in Russia and Ukraine. I pray that uh, we all grow in godliness and that we speak the truth in love. And again, hope this was edifying. Catch you guys next time.